By Muskoka for Muskoka, your collection of Muskoka-based talk shows. Muskoka Magazine, The Bay 88.7. Brought to you by Dairy Lane Dental, keeping Muskoka smiling for over 30 years. Visit DairyLaneDental.com. Welcome to Behind the Drive Shortcuts. My name is Douglas McLean, and our guest today is Mark Dunn from Sault Ste. Marie. Mark is a poet and a songwriter. He's released nine albums since 1994. Solace, his album from 2016, is a minor masterwork in my humble estimation. His latest recording in 2018 is The River Lately. Please welcome Mark Dunn, singer, songwriter, performer, and published poet to Behind the Drive Shortcuts. I don't really know your first That's name. Awesome. It's it's Mark. Your first name is Mark, right? It, yeah. Yeah. Mark. Yeah. Good. Okay. So, so you call me Mark. Yeah, because yeah, I, I wasn't absolutely. sure. I I only had from your album information MD, and then I just anyway. I want to tell you that uh, I have been listening repeatedly to Solace. There's something very magical in that uh, set of songs. I can't fully articulate what it is but it feels like a bit of a soul journey or it's almost meditative to me um you know those albums are kind of rare that uh that you know when people kind of discover that put a set of songs together that take you on that kind of so uh, i mean i know it's not your latest work and i hope you don't mind me uh i'd like to chat to you a bit more about that but uh yeah, I've been kind of swept away by Absolutely. that. Absolutely, thank you. Yeah, that's something yeah. great. So let's well, just thank start... you for for saying that. And yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, a river lately is great too, but there's something in that solace that really hammers me. I don't know. What... I'm not sure what it all is. But oh well, thank you, Douglas. It's yeah, yeah. It's so nice to hear. Yeah, well, good work. Anyway, so I let's. Could, I could tell you about that. Yeah, let's album as much as you like. Yeah, well, we'll uh, we'll delve into that a bit. I want to concentrate on both of them uh, that I have, and probably some of your earlier work. But just we should do sort of the basics and just try to get to know you a bit, because I doubt very much of audiences in sure. uh, uh, in Muskoka here know much about you. So can you tell us a bit of your story and your background and how you got to this point, please? Sure. Thank you. Well, thanks for having having me on, Douglas. This is great. Um, well, I started. I grew up in Sault Ste. Marie, where I still live, right. and um, I started uh, writing songs when I was a kid. I was writing poems and songs and that kind of thing, and um, I don't really know where it came from. There was no one around really doing that. Um, my immediate circle, just something I was compelled to do and then um when i was 13 my father bought me a guitar that i still have and i still play really <laughs> and um yeah i mean i have other guitars too sure. but uh over covid i've been playing that uh, that first guitar a lot yeah. um it sounds great after 40 years it was not an expensive guitar by any means yeah. and uh yeah. we paid 120 dollars <laughs> uh so yeah and so well, i was 13 and so yeah. i started playing then and right and uh, I just I started to play guitar because I wanted to write songs, and then oh, okay. I I just kept writing songs, and then um, yeah, and for the longest time that's really all I wanted to do and all I did uh, until 
I was about, I mean, I had odd jobs and stuff and it right. rarely paid yeah. for itself or yeah. from, from, for my uh, existence. And um, so it was about 30, the opportunity came up to go to school. And uh, so I ended up, you know, doing that. And then um, I fell in love with teaching. So I started, I did a, a couple of degrees, like a master's degree in English lit, and then um, opportunities came to teach at right. college. And I started doing that. And I've been doing that 16 years now. Whoa. So and I still play and uh, write and write poems and yeah. publish them and I tour a little bit whenever I can. Yeah. That's that's me, I guess. Yeah. Uh, well, that's a pretty good life. Do you, do, can you recall what it was that uh, sparked that interest in poetry? Do you remember what age it was? And because uh, that is mm. you're a very un- rare uh, songwriter in a way because you seem to have both uh streams going on um do you do you recall when that uh... I, it, I don't i honestly don't like like i say it just kind of it was as soon as i started um being able to put some words together i was really? kind of i was writing and i'm making up songs walking yeah. around and stuff like yeah. that too it's just something i, I yeah. did as a child and yeah. i never grew out of right <laughs> you know I, I wanted I wanted to be a poet like that was my lifelong and I I was like six or something and I got it in my head that that was a worthy pursuit for a life right and I go I went running home I I told my friend this girl that I was friends with about that and she thought it was great I went running home my dad just he just about threw me out of the house (laughs) he was so upset right he said what are you talking because he was um he was a fairly um you know uh, macho kind of guy and that seemed to be uh so i had to to just sort of we have a similar story there douglas (laughs) yeah (laughs) i'll bet i'll bet well you know i i I, uh when i was i think about 13 14 i told my dad that i wanted to be a poet right because i was looking in a writer's market magazine and saw that well one magazine pays like 25 dollars for a poem right i could easily write four poems a week that's 100 bucks i could move out of the house with right right yeah yeah you know if i yeah Yeah. so it made sense to me mathematically and i told him at the dinner table and everything froze like you know he sat there for a long time didn't know he you know he was uh kind of a tough guy too and worked labor all of his life and never read a poem i'm pretty sure yeah i don't think so yeah (laughs) anyway yeah, well, I mean, I I went I went through quite a transformation actually, you know, changed my name and all kinds of stuff and started reading all of it. And then when I realized what poetry really was, like the uh-huh. the, the amount of work and the insight, you know, that just floored me. I said, "Oh my god, I don't have the I don't have the bandwidth for this." And then I discovered rock and roll and blues and that was the end of that sort of picture. <laughs> you were saved. You were yeah. saved from poetry. Now, when, how, how, when was your last book of poetry uh, published? Was It's not that um, long ago, right? 20, uh, 2014, I think. That oh, was really? the third one. Yeah. I don't, I don't call myself a poet. Uh, the, uh, it just, it feels like that's, that's some like you know i i know poets and i've read a lot of them and they just seem like much more advanced people than me <laughs> so maybe so yeah. i i write poems yeah right i, I put it like that so right, yeah. so yeah 2014 my first one was 20 or 2000 and then 20 
2012 and then 2014 was the right. last one, yeah. Yeah, well, um, is it hard to publish poetry nowadays in Canada? I mean, at one time, you know, it was sort of a hotbed for poetry in Canada, but I think that sort of shifted mm-hmm. now, right? They, it can take, okay. yeah, it can take a long time. And yeah. um, I don't know, I haven't been sending things out in a number of years now, right. and uh but yeah, I think well, it is it is definitely yeah. definitely hard to to get, uh, and small publishers disappear quickly. And, yeah, you know the, the yeah. bigger ones are difficult to. Right, they receive so much work. It's so yeah. hard yeah. Them to look at anything. Well, much. that's uh, that's really good. I, I want to make sure I mention the the books too. But I mean, I I think that's quite interesting part of your, mm-hmm. I guess, and and because you you teach literature, I guess, right? So, I guess you do you teach poetry at the, uh, you're at the university there, or the yeah. I can't remember what's there. I'm at I'm at Sioux College. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I teach in the uh, general arts and science yeah. um, department right. and in language and communication. So yeah, I get to teach a, a poetry class. I actually I had a, a class that was poetry for about six years or eight years, but now I teach uh, English literature and creative writing, right? Uh, music history. Sure. And then all all of those technical courses, technical writing courses that people usually don't want to take. Yeah, yeah, but they wow. have to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I wish I had understood. I I I tried to sell some. I I write reviews once in a while, and I I tried to sell some work to a publisher in the United States, and the editor just beat the heck out of me. Said, well, "Well, you don't know anything about writing. You know, you're not writing in." She said I wrote too much in passive voice and all of this stuff. Really, she really came after me, and uh-huh. uh, I kind of. Well, what you, what you you sent me was, what you sent me about Bruce Coburn was really nice, yeah, well written. I thought, and a good editor would guide you, not not uh, <laughs> yeah. make you want to crawl in a hole. So she, she was probably a bad editor. <laughs> Maybe so, or or there was some other dynamic. Yeah. Okay, so now. Um, what, at what point did you start with your guitar playing? At what point did you start to uh, uh, kind of delve and master finger picking? Because you're you have a pretty good grasp of finger picking, um, and that, that's pretty hard to. Well, that's nice of you to say. It's uh, nice of you to say. I don't. Um, I have. I have not mastered anything um, at all. Like uh, I, I truly think that. Like I don't. I don't know if it's possible to master the guitar. Like, I mean, yeah. and you think about guitar masters, like, yeah. like, like Pat Metheny or yeah. Don Ross or, or Bruce Coburn, people like that, or yeah. whomever. Um, I, we, I look at those people and I think, well, they're master guitar players, yeah. but I don't think they feel that way either. <laughs> um, so I, I started, yeah, I started um, some might, I don't know, but uh, I, I started, um, playing and I, I just wanted to learn Beatles songs and write my own songs. So that's what I did. And for many years I played with a pick and um, I played with some bands and stuff. And so you have to play a bit louder. I was usually playing acoustic. Right. And then um, it was uh, slowly the pick, I kind of would leave it aside. And then it sort of started developing a kind of finger picking style. It's kind of, I'm untaught. Like I know nothing. Right. Uh, yeah. Like I have no musical theory at all and I'm naive about it. Okay. Um, yeah. So um, I just developed this thing, you know, that I just kind of put together a bunch of styles that I heard people play and okay. uh, watch people finger pick. 
And slowly my own kind of thing started to come together and it's kind of a claw hammer, I think is what it is oh, okay. with, with a droning thumb, right? Yeah. something like that. And it's not, too, I don't think it's too advanced, but I certainly have fun doing it. And yeah. I, I love it. And, um, well, sure sounds okay. Um, yeah. I, I, I thank you so much. I, I, you know, I play every day for yeah. hours if I could. Oh, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I, but I, I don't know enough about, yeah. You don't know enough about what? I don't know enough about. Oh, I don't know enough about the history of finger picking or various styles of finger picking to really analyze anything or yeah. go deeply into yeah. it. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah. and I mean, fingers around. I guess if you were to study like classical uh, guitar and things like that, I mean, it's very regimented how they how they teach you that. This is Behind the Drive Shortcuts. My name is Douglas McLean. Our guest this morning is Mark Dunn. Behind the Drive is a feature show every Thursday night where we feature music and interview with selected singer-songwriters from around the world. I hope you'll join that show as well. We'll be right back. Your source for community. Muskoka-made talk shows are on Muskoka Magazine, The Bay, 88.7. Brought to you by Dairy Lane Dental, keeping Muskoka smiling for over 30 years. Visit DairyLaneDental.com. So let's uh, let's try to dig down into solace because... Um, Absolutely, yeah. If you don't mind, I'd like to spend a little bit of time. There, there, first of all, there's something about the entirety of that album that is very resonant. Has that been the general uh, response to it? Um, how how has audience yeah it's been there's that's yeah um i get a lot of feedback about that album i i should say i don't get a lot of feedback in general but the feedback i get there's a lot about that one right yeah (laughs) so you know that that's rusty mccarthy um do you know him he's a great guy to talk to he's been around a long time uh plays with um married to maya bannerman and uh, and then uh, has played with uh, Mary Margaret O'Hara for decades. Eh? Okay. So he he pretty he, he produced three of my albums: um, Clay Rooster, Thursday's Monster, and Solace. And for Solace, um, the, they're very different. The, the first one we did together is a a band, um, a fairly large band for me, playing country esque songs live off the floor. That's the recording and uh 12 songs right the second one is much more um rusty did a lot more engineering there's a lot of synthesizer and the third one solace and and the idea there was to make a very my goal with solace was that it was going to be just a guitar and a voice so we recorded it mostly uh just guitar and voice and i i came in to his studio and just record over three sessions or something recorded I think all but one of the songs and everything you hear there is just me with a guitar and a voice. And then we add everything later right. onto it. Um, so, and the really cool thing about that album for me is the drummer, Chris Murphy. Um, he, dr- he puts all the, sometimes it's full kit too, drums on without a, without a uh, click track. Cause I didn't play to a click track. So right. it's just, he's just playing to the recorded guitar there. Wow. So I kind of like that. Yeah. Um, that's a, and a lot of it's rusty. Um, yeah. he, he kind of, you know, I, he would sort of, uh, he'd add sort of ambient sounds and things just to give it 
a different uh, vibe. Yeah. But for me, it was um, that album, that time in the songs there, it's, it was a spiritual search. I was, I was feeling like when I was coming around to those songs, I was kind of looking for the way I've said it in the past. I was looking for a way to be Christian again. Oh, okay. I was raised Catholic right. and lost all of that stuff. And um, I was trying to figure out if there's a way that I could, I could, you know, express that uh, in a, in a, in Christ, if there was a place in Christianity that would house my spiritual sense. And uh, so I was dealing with some of that stuff. And, uh, and I was also for my, it's kind of that album too, for me is a milestone in playing. I started, I think, playing in a different uh, style a little bit on the guitar. So right. that kind of changed there too. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. So um, can, can you, uh, do you mind talking a little bit more about what it was that reignited this interest uh, for Christianity or for spiritual search of some sort? Was, was there a... Sure. Yeah, sure. Well, I was, I'm, I've always been, as people say spiritual, you know, I've always, I've always had a sense, even after I fell away from the the church and stuff like that, um, a sense of something greater than this dimension, not greater, but that there's more going on here than we're aware of. Right. And, you know, I I tend to see um, patterns in, in, in just nature and things that happen. It was just this sense I had. And uh, I've always searched for a spiritual element to life. That's really it. And right. around that time with solace, I was, I was just feeling kind of lost and lonely, I guess. And, mm-hmm. um, and I was reading a lot and reading a lot of Christian writers. And I was just kind of thinking, hmm, is there a way to be actually Christian? Right. And I haven't figured that out yet, but <laughs> that was part of the, uh, <laughs> that was part of the experience there. Yeah. So um, yeah. there's a, a song that I do. It's a, a poem by E.E. E. Cummings on that album. Yeah. Well, that, I and definitely want to talk to Well, go ahead, talk. Cause that's so powerful. I mean, that's, there's something. Yeah, of, that's the E.E. E. Cummings. Yeah. It's, he, he didn't title his poems, but that's, I thank you God. Right. Yeah, and, I, I thank you God for most of this amazing day. And um, I just, I love that poem. And it, it was like a prayer to me because, you know, it's, you can call whatever the mystery thing, whatever the mystery is, whatever it is, you know, you can call it God. It, it doesn't have to have a personality or a face to it. Right. right. It's something we can't comprehend. Right. And I think that poem just grabs it for yeah. me. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, turned it into that song yeah now uh how how long did it take you to uh sing it that way did that did that just present itself because the singing in it is so tender and sincere um you know you're imbuing the whole piece with prayer (laughs) if i if if i might be so bold to say but that seems to be what got caught um, I mean, I know recording can often catch us in between, but uh, did you practice that or get, you know, uh, were you? Pr- um, well, thank you for that. Um, well, yeah, I did practice it and it, the, the rhythm is, is pretty straightforward. It's probably, I think it's only three or four chords or sure. something. It's a pretty standard yeah. folk rhythm yeah. melody to it. And 
Um, I did practice it quite a bit just to remember the words. And then I think I had to have them in front of me anyways, just in case. But yeah, it was very much like that. Like, and I thank you for saying that. I was praying. I mean, when yeah. we recorded yeah. and when I play it now, I, it is a prayer. Yeah. I, I feel that way very much. Yeah. And, and where it comes in the album too, it, it catches you, you know, because the songs previous to that kind of set it up. So the first time I listened to the album was right straight through from beginning to end and it just all fell together in such an amazing way and I thought whoa where's this guy been hiding you know <laughs> people should know about this well, thank uh, you. Mark has released three works of poetry Even the Weapons in 2014 Fancy Clapping in 2012 and Ghost Music in 2010 His work is deeply genuine and touches on the search for meaning and purpose in a turbulent world. And then, finally, seeing for ourselves the beauty that surrounds us. It's been a great privilege for me to meet Mark Dunn. I actually met him quite by accident by making an innocent comment on a post on Facebook. And he reached out to me for some thoughts on some of the artists that we both uh, cherish. You can find out more about Mark Dunn on his webpage, of course, and uh, you can find him at Bandcamp. Please check out MD Dunn on Bandcamp and check out his incredible music. I wanted to say that Behind the Drive is here every Thursday night at around 6.05. In that show, we feature an interview with some of the songs from the artists, and it's Really worthwhile to hear the creativity of these people. We have talked now to 88 guests from around the world, and we continue to have interviews in progress. I hope you enjoy these shows. You can always send some feedback. Please listen to the other podcasts that are posted here on SoundCloud by Hunters Bay Radio. My name is Douglas McLean. This show, as I said, is Behind the Drive Short Guests. Our guest today was Mark Dunn. This week we're going to feature a few more people on Behind the Drive, including Carmine Apice.